What's good, Hoop Dreams family? We are back like Jordan wearing the 4-5. It's been way too long. Very unplanned sabbatical, but we are back to give you all of the best basketball talking points. I'm back with my boy Chikuti. Chikuti, say what's up to the people. What's good, guys? Um, been far too long without some Hoop Dreams content. Uh, about like four or five weeks. Uh, apologies for that, but uh, yeah, we're back. We're back, baby. I mean, damn, like... I woke up the other day and I was like, raw. It's March, you know. I know. This year has oh. been so quick. It's been wild. So like quick. For, for anyone that's not UK based, like we've still been locked down, been up in the mm. apartment all day long, you know, time is, is going slow and then ridiculously fast. It's a bit all over the place. But we are back with an episode. It feels good to be back, man. It does feel good. Episode 29, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, 29. Almost one away from 30, which is. Damn. Weird, weird to say. Who the Very fuck weird. it? Damn, yeah, we'll quick, quick trivia for you. Yeah. Um, can you name me any NBA player that's ever worn number 29 on their jersey? Oh my gosh. Number that 29. That is a weird number, isn't it? That is a weird number. I don't think That's the one anyone. number where I don't think I know anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad because I've put, I've put you on the spot there. And oh, 29 now, I can't think of anyone. Guys, uh, everyone on social media, anyone listening to this, please hit us up if you can think of an NBA player that wore number 29. Because I've really, really started... I actually That's can't. No. Ain't no one went number 29. Which is... Oh, <laughs> hang on. Hang on. I believe that Marcus Camby may have worn 29. Okay, okay, okay. There we go. I'm going to read you out some players. So there was... Uh, we have a Marcus Camby. We have... Oh my God, I do not know any of these guys. Uh, Jakar Sampson. Oh, Jakar. I think he's in Indiana. Yeah. Shout out Jakar Sampson. <laughs> Bro, the rest of these guys, I have no idea who any of these geezers are. Okay, they're all 60s dudes. Cool. Number 29, <laughs> the least popular, the least popular number in basketball. But episode 29 yeah. is going to be a good one of the Hoop Dreams podcast. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about this week. Like I said, it's been so long. We're going to cover some All-Star. We're going to cover some MVP talks, wrap up uh, what's been going on in the NBA lately, preview the, uh, the Hoop Dreams classic is what I'm going to call it, or the... The Hoop Dreams Duel, which mm-hmm. is uh, the happens twice a year where my Celtics face off against Chikuti's Clippers. Yeah, fourth edition. Fourth um, edition. All games have been close. All so, games have been good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, two, first two games last year went overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year was pretty close as well. You we guys are up 2-1. You yeah, guys we are up 2-1. Um, we're coming off a loss. You guys are coming off a win. So uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, nice it is to say Celtics coming off a win. That's something I've not heard much this season, but <laughs> we will get to that lately, man. Just to wrap, uh, just to get into it quickly. Uh, first yeah. thing that I've seen happen: um, Hawks fired their coach, and I don't know about you. I don't really care that Hawks fired their coach. I feel like <laughs> that's too big a news. They haven't been playing well enough, but uh, this is big for one reason. And I'm gonna let you bring the sad news to the Hoop Dreams family. Yeah. So, um, if you guys remember, we had the award predictions and we had obviously the serious awards we were talking about MVP and defense trade year stuff like that we also had our own awards we had bum of the year classic um and we also had first coach get fired mm-hmm. now um Joe which one who did you pick again I said I, I forgot the geezer's name but I said uh Chicago Bulls I just forgot the Bulls uh, gonna be <laughs> oh, a, oh a uh, Billy Donovan Billy Donovan, Billy Donovan that's it I thought he was yeah. gone but yeah, I was I wrong went, I, I went with uh Detroit Dwayne Casey so um, he actually wasn't even there. He was the Timberwolves coach, the Ryan Saunders. He got fired first. He was the first to go. And um, Minnesota already, they already lined up his replacement like two minutes after he got fired. So <laughs> that was a sneaky one. 
that was oh, some shady stuff going on there. They they already knew they had their replacement lined up. So yeah, I'm sure KG is not surprised about that. He knows all about the shadiness going on in Minnesota over yeah. the years. And, uh, but I feel like we could have yeah we could have got away that? with one. Yeah, have we seen what? Sorry, have we seen um? There's like a vid that um KG's like beef with like the owner in Minnesota but, uh, by Secret Base. Yeah, I watched that the other night. Yeah, it, was yeah, really, yeah. it was really good. I actually forgot that KG doesn't have his jersey detergent. Which is insane, right? Because he just hates the ownership. He's just waiting for them to leave and then he'll get out. The first day they leave, he gets out. He'll go to Minnesota and get his jersey retired. At some point, it has to be like a business. I mean, I guess it's him more. He doesn't want to deal with them. But like, oh, shot. That is by far and away the greatest player in your franchise's history. And it's not close. Yeah. Like, that is a travesty. And I I found it really interesting that the Celtics retired his jersey. I feel like we retire jerseys too easily. Like, I love KG, yeah. What a player. He was there for, what, five seasons? He won the championship the first season. A couple of the other seasons yeah. could have been looked back as, you know, not failures, but, you know. Yeah. I think a, part, a last part to do was probably the fact that you guys didn't win in, like, what was it, 20 years since you guys won your last chip or something like that? That's so it, So it was yeah. probably, like, a nostalgia. But, I mean, there's a lot of guys in the older generation for the Celtics that, I mean, they just, they had, like, seven chips with Bill Russell. So that's probably about there. That's probably it. That yeah, makes sense. They were, they were kind of thrown in with Bill Russell. Like, oh, well, we'll retire his jersey as well. Just yeah. Fun of it. That does make sense. I think I think also he kind of did change the culture, you know, brought back the winning culture to Boston. We've been pretty much consistently successful ever since, you know, with a couple down years. Also, yeah. I'd, I'd hang his jersey along with Paul Pierce just for <laughs> just as part of that Nets deal, you know. <laughs> Great to compliment the Celtics. <laughs> it's helping us land JT and, and J, JB and all those guys. Um, yeah. Just one, one quick observation on that. One of the most difficult things is is trying to be um trying to play for the Celtics on two K in my career. The numbers, yeah, as well. Bro, half the jerseys are gone. At one, give it the next ten years, yeah, guys are going to be wearing fractions and decimals in Boston. You you guys might have to juice triple the years. It's gonna, it's gonna go into the one hundreds. Yeah, you've got Jeff T wearing number fifty five, and it's like, <laughs> that should not that should never be happening. Crazy. Bro, Jeff T should not be wearing any number on any Celtics jersey. But... <laughs> That's, that's a story for another day. I'm sure Jeff, be, Jeff T's burner account will come at me on Twitter. He'll find me. Uh, come at me. Hmm. Oh, man. But yeah, man. So the coaching thing, ah, you know, coaches get fired. It happens. The Hawks, they're fun to watch, but, you know, not hitting the heights. And a really weak Eastern Conference that, you know, they probably should have been reaching. Brian, look today. Knicks are the four seed. What, what's going on in the league, man? Man, that, that, that Eastern Conference is so unpredictable. It, it seems that anyone could beat anyone. Uh, you've got so many teams that are just either at 500 or below 500. Man, I mean, th- this season has been so unpredictable, obviously, with COVID and players sitting out and no fans in most of these arenas. It's just, it seems as if it's just like, it could be anyone, really. It's crazy, man. Like, imagine being like a gambler in this time. I would not bet on any game, no matter who. I wouldn't bet on the Jazz against the Timberwolves at this point. Like, I do not trust any <laughs> team to beat anyone. It's all over the place. But you know what? If nothing else, this has been an exciting season for that for yeah. that for that reason solely. Um, but yeah, man. Like they're they're a few games ahead of us. I believe they're a half game ahead of us. Um, I need to get into this, man, because we are just hot trash. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you. Speak oh man like i think the i get that it's a weird season yeah i get that you know the schedule's messed up we had a really tough road trip uh at west we were playing basically every other night you know we had tater miss some games earlier in the season but we are just for the first time in brad stevens tenure we are just not playing good basketball 
and that's the thing. I've always had the mentality of, you know what, man, we might win, we might lose, but we we play good basketball, we're fun to watch, and we give 110%. And these last few games, man, last last two, three weeks, like, Brad keeps talking about the defensive side of the ball and having to pick it up defensively, but offensively, this is the most inept Celtics offense I've, I've ever seen in my time as a Celtics fan, and that is just... I don't know how to fix it, bro. I just... I don't know what's going on, and I'm praying that... It's been a crazy season, man. I'm praying that we just pick it up somehow. But like people are talking about trying to make trades, trying to get Bradley Beal in, you know, trying to make moves. I'm just like, bro, I don't know how to fix this. And it's not that bad. Like I know it sounds like a spoiled Celtics fan complaining about being 17 and 17, you know, we're 500, whatever. We're still in the playoffs. But bro, we're close to dropping out. Like we're close. And it has been rough. And I mean, what do you think from outside? Obviously, you're, you're an unbiased opinion. What do you think is mm. going on with the Celtics this season? Like, what do you think is, is, is the reason for this, this mini um, Yeah, I, I agree with what you said about the offense. You know, there, there's been a, a ton of times where Jason Tatum or, or Jalen Brown, you know, they've got a second left on the shot clock and they have to throw something up, you know, because the offense just is kind of just just bogged down, really. Not Nothing's really been run. It just seems a bit random at times. Um, I think losing... Losing your starting power forward last year, Hayward, I think that that's still something which hurt. You didn't really replace him, which which was rather worrying to me, in my opinion. I think, obviously, there was the all stuff on Miles Turner. Uh, obviously, I don't know everything about that. Obviously, what Indiana wanted, what Boston wanted to get from those guys, I, you don't really know. But it feels like Boston don't really have enough good NBA talent, really, on the court most times. You know, you you got a bunch of young guys on the team, which obviously your two best guys are, are all-stars. It just doesn't seem as if there's a lot of players that should be playing for a team that has two all-stars on, this, on the roster. Like, you've got Pritchard, obviously. I mean, he's been really good as a rookie. Jeff Teague isn't good enough anymore. Like, you've got Ojale, who is very hit and miss. Grant Williams is hit and miss. Quite, quite just literally. Seems- yeah, <laughs> it's it a make or miss it, league, and we got a lot of miss guys. That's, 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 that's yeah. It, it just seems. I mean, Tristan, Tristan's been solid for you guys, but again, doesn't provide much size against you know the big matchups like a uh, Joel Embiid, for example. So yeah, there's always that problem. So it just feels as if you don't have enough solid NBA talent because there's a there's so many times where Tatum will be on the court. And it'll be Tatum and it'll be like Pritchard, Ogilvy, Grant Williams, Robert Williams, and like, what's the rookie's name? Like Naismith? Naismith, yeah, or Nesmith, yeah. yeah. And it's like, we're surrounding an all star level talent in Tatum with just like, I mean, Definitely. rookies and second year players, so. And I mean, like, guys like, um, you know, Waiters are still getting minutes, or what, sorry, we got, um, uh, what's my Carson Edwards still getting minutes? Carson Edwards, yeah, occasionally. You know? Rob Williams has been good for you guys. Rob Williams, I love Rob Williams. I think you're yeah. bang on. I think it's a little bit reminds me of um. This is the way Brad Stevens runs a team, and like it's it has upside. Um, mm. It reminds me back of when we um when we had Terry Rogier for that playoff run. Like we have such a deep roster, and there are so many guys who play minutes. Like sometimes we play ten guys in the first quarter a lot of games, and first off that's good for them, but it makes it harder for you know the stars and guys to get in a rhythm because there's a lot of chopping and changing, a lot of shots being passed around, a lot of opportunity. But here's my issue is you see these guys play 10, 12 minutes and you're like, oh, these guys look great, you know. Um, Grant Williams looks great, you know, Robert Williams looks great, all these guys. 
And then you just assume that if you have departures like Haywood and Cantor and these guys and even Wanamaker. Wanamaker gave great minutes last year. We let him go for, for nothing. He's on like a $2 million contract. But it's so easy to look at the young players and say, right, they've got, they've got so much upside. But then all of a sudden you start playing them 25 minutes instead of 12 minutes and then you really see their weaknesses. You know, It's like you put Taco Fall the end of the, at the end of the game. He looks unstoppable. If you started him, he's going to get exposed. And I think that's the issue. We have so many guys who have talent and have upside, but it's straight, like it's straight kind of 50-50. It's like they could be either amazing or they're going to be terrible. And when they're terrible, the whole team suffers. And I think you're definitely right in the sense that with, when Marcus Smart went down, like Marcus Smart isn't that much of a veteran, but he's a very experienced, smart, intelligent player. But he is, him and Tristan are the senior players on the team. You know, we're a very young team. And like you said, we have a lot of guys who would be would probably look more in place playing for a team like I don't know like well the Knicks are playing well but like the Knicks or playing for a team like the the Timberwolves who are trying to work out what pieces they have these yeah. shouldn't be players on a a team that has championship expectations and I think you're bang on I think right now Jalen and Jason people forget they're in their I think fourth and fifth or third and fourth years respectively it shouldn't be their job at this point in their careers to carry these young players, they're young players themselves. I think we need to, if we do make a move, it needs to be to get some veteran leadership in or just a player or two where you know what they're going to do. So many of our rotation haven't worked out what players they're going to be in this league. And that's what worries me because you can't, we ain't got time. We're, we're halfway through the season. We ain't got time to work out who you're going to be. You know, you need to know and we need to be ready for this this this, um, this potential run at a championship, which sounds delusional right now. And I'm not, <laughs> I, believe me, just getting out the first round would be an achievement for this team, but yeah, man, big problems. And we face, as I was saying, we face the Clippers. And I think this could be ugly. I think this shows how much belief we have in our teams that we both think we're going to lose. <laughs> yeah, the, the Clippers aren't the best when it comes to going out east and playing good teams. But, um, I mean, last year we lost to the Bucks, lost to the Sixers, lost to the Celtics. It'd be the Raptors and the Heat, but... We just kind of had those performances where you can kind of just see it. It depends how we start. If we start well, then if we start, I don't know actually, because we we're a weird team. We're weird. We're weird. We're weird. I, don't I think know. It, it depends how we start the, with the starts because, like, if you start badly, then you can have that Dallas game where you just get blown out. Or if you start really yeah. well, then you go and you don't look back and you look invincible. Sometimes you guys, yeah, you're just we're both inconsistent, and I want to be able to give the fans and listeners like kind of fun back and forth about trash talking but really either one of us win is a surprise <laughs> I, I want to go back to Celtics a little bit we were talking about um, kind of the roster construction do you think any obviously I know that we were talking about Hayward a little bit but is this on Danny Ainge because I mean this to me in my opinion this is the third straight year that this Celtics team in terms of the personnel on paper has got worse you know, two years ago, you guys were so deep. You know, you had Kyrie, you had Rozier, you had Hayward, Smart, all these guys, and Marcus Morris, whatever. Then it goes to last year, you get Kyrie, you got, sorry, uh, Kemba, Hayward, uh, JB, JT, all these guys. You lose Hayward for nothing. Mm-hmm. And now you've got this team, which is a, a lot younger than last year. So is there any blame you feel needs to be placed on, on the GM? I think it's I think it's like 75% Danny Ainge, 25% Brad Stevens. I love Brad Stevens. What I think the issue is, and here's why I'm not too mad at them, I don't think it's a big issue for them, but mm-hmm. when you have to lock up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown for big deals, then the cap is going to be a little messed up. You know, we brought Kemba in, I think, retrospectively, Kemba Walker was a bad decision. 
I love Kemba as a player, but signing mm. him for four years when you know your two max players, your two, your future of your franchise is Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum especially needs to have the ball in his hands. I don't think a max money point guard was the best accompaniment for this. I think it was a little bit like we lost Kyrie. You know, oh, we need to we need to save face. Let's let's save our franchise. You know, let's go out and buy another free agent, bring another free agent point guard. And let's be honest, Kemba Walker is a great player, great leader, but he is yeah. very much an Isaiah Thomas, and he's a one-way player. He is a victim on defense. Yeah, victim. I think also, yeah, I don't think they really expected Jalen Brown to put to make that leap that quick. Because when Kemba was out, it was okay. This is probably going to be Jake. When Kemba got signed, sorry, it was okay. I'm even, Kemba's even going to be the first option or the second option behind Tatum. Exactly. Then when when Kem, when Jalen Brown started making that leap, and you could argue he could have been All Star last year. It was, and Kemba got injured at the same time. It was okay, maybe Kemba now's coming back, and he went. He was in the bubble. He wasn't the same, and he was the third option, and he just looked completely lost. Exactly in the, in the playoffs. Exactly, and this is why I give a little bit of blame, uh, blame to Brad Stevens because he's mm. the guy with this team every day, and he has seemed to champion given guys like Daniel Tice. He Daniel Tice originally came in as a third, like a third option, you know, and he promoted him up to starter. You know, he's given him good minutes. He's grown. Tice isn't a great player, and I don't think we'll ever win a championship with him. But he is he is champion, and Brad Stevens has kind of gone to bat for guys like Tice, you know, uh, you know the two Williamses, you know, he's gone mm. to bat for giving these guys more minutes and giving them time to progress. So why didn't he see and why didn't he pass on to management? Yo, we've got something special here in Jalen Brown. Because as a Celtics fan, I said to you two years ago that I thought Jalen Brown was better than him. Yeah, yeah, you've been, I'm you've always been the Jalen Brown. Yeah, I've been yeah. on the Jalen Brown bandwagon, you know, and mm. I mean, no disrespect to Jason Tatum, I just think personally, I prefer Jalen Brown. I like his game a little bit more. And I said, if I was starting a team today, I'd, if I could pick one of them, I'd pick Jalen. Both great players, of course. But um, I just feel like maybe you should have, that's, that's got to come from the coach. The coach has to say, listen, this is the guy who is going to be our leader or one of our kind of two-headed um, monster going forward. This is going to be our franchise. Maybe build a team. And now I'm looking, I'm seeing Terry Rozier balling out. Mm. He is one of Gordon the best off ball point guards. Gordon Hay was born now. He's playing point four out. for them. They're having a great yeah. time in Charlotte, man. I'm looking like John Nice Terry Rozier would have been playing off ball with these guys. And he's yeah. athletic, you know, he's good defensively. Ah mm-hmm. oh, man. Just so many opportunities. Yeah, I think seventy five percent Ainge, twenty five percent Brad Stevens. But you know what? Ainge has done a madness before, so don't be surprised if we just get through this season and then next summer there could be some moves, but we'll see. Yeah. Discussion. Yeah, man. Um, oh, now thinking about it, you know, <laughs> the Pelicans game was the one that really, really, really got me. That one hurt so much. That was, that was a good game, though. Really good. It game. was a great game, but man, don't put my Celtics on early tip-offs if we're gonna lose. Yeah, that's like have to watch it. Work. The Clippers, oh, our record on early tip-offs. We're like, we must be like. Over the last two years, we're probably like one and nine or something. We're, we're yeah. terrible. That Mavs game was, was so early tip-off, wasn't it? Yeah, only <laughs> like 50. No, bro, even though nightclubs <laughs> should be closed, man. I thought you guys are just partying too much. You can't do early tip-offs. Jesus, we were killed. <laughs> My it's days. Deep, How do you feel about Eastern Conference? Oh, so throw Western Conference right now because, you know, the Jazz are someone we've talked about for a couple of years now as being a good team, having a really well-constructed roster. Like their yeah. roster fits together so well with um the play style their coach wants to have. I mean they're sitting now twenty seven and eight. Are you scared of the Jazz or do you think the Jazz are kind of having a little bit like a you know Atlanta Hawks under Coach yeah, Bud yeah. when they went mm-hmm. sixty wins and then they got swept in the playoffs? Like are you thinking they're like that or are these guys for real? Um, I think they're somewhere in between. You know, um, that that Hawks team, 
which was so funny because I was thinking about it, like they, I saw it on Twitter and it's it just weird how Cal Corvo's all star because it's like <laughs> he's, he's just he just shot threes that's all he did <laughs> he was just shot threes on a good team <laughs> that's why he was all star he was an injury replacement for what I thought he was but he just got replaced yeah. by it it was funny and Jeff Teague um, was an all star as well like that's crazy yeah Jeff man. Teague yeah not, not a good can't even get minutes getting replaced <laughs> by like some rookie point guard like, it's ridiculous but, isn't it hmm yeah, so I, I think there's somewhere in between. I, I think that the big difference between like a, a Hawks team and a Jazz team is they have that that closer, that go to <clears throat> that go to scorer in the in the Donovan Mitchell mm-hmm. um, that you can go down the stretch in the playoff game. But Most I don't, definitely. I don't really know if they're if Mitchell can be that efficient and can be that reliable against a, a Lakers or a Clippers in the playoffs. You know, I, I think that they're. A very good team, and especially at home, you know that Jazz fan base. You know, is something which not not a lot of people talk about. Is that they got like six thousand fans in there? It's like I think they them and Houston are one of the two teams that have the most capacity of fans um, in their arenas. So every night at home, those fans bring the energy. Yeah. Of course, that's always going to give a boost to the players. But yeah, I mean they're they're a very good team. They move the ball well. I mean Gobert's been great. Donovan Mitchell's been great. Conley, all these guys. Um, I mean, it it depends if if what what they can do in the playoffs. I mean, the matchup is always is always similar because I mean, the Lakers and Clippers. You've got Kawhi, you've got LeBron. Do they have enough size to guard those guys? That's the you question. Know, it's the that's, wings. That's the big question for those of, guys. Of the LA yeah. teams are the real strength right now. Uh, if you're gonna if say right now you guys are the three seed, I believe. Right now, let's just say hypothetically, you go into a Western Conference Finals starting on the road. Who do you rather play, Lakers or Jazz? Ooh, on the road. Yeah, so you're going to start next like, seven game series, seven game series, yeah. but you're starting on the road. Mm. Who do you who do you feel better about beating in a seven game series? Maybe Lakers, you know. Yeah, wow. only it might be Lakers because that that Jazz team. I don't know about that Jazz because they move the ball so well, so well. And if if we especially if I don't know when I don't know what the hell LA is doing with COVID cases, or whatever. Apparently it's slowing down, but I don't know when and the LA teams will get. There, um, get get some fans back. And it seems like COVID just can't in, can't can't penetrate the mountains in Utah. Like it's crazy. <laughs> They're immune. That's like fifty percent capacity over there. Like that's <laughs> crazy. I don't know what the hell's going on over there. Wait, there's like oh, I feel like, like, I feel like that could... the stadium is full. <laughs> yeah. For a second, I that... thought you were getting at the half the population of Utah was in the stadium. Oh no. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, but I feel like that could that could make a big difference if. You're going to Utah and you know there's going to be 6,000 fans screaming in the playoff game. And then you go to LA and it's just quiet. Yeah. So, I, I mean, mean that, that could be a big difference. I believe it's this this week or next week as we're approaching. I think next week we're approaching exactly one year since we've had a full capacity NBA game. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, yeah and I was, I was at a game that night. It was crazy. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was crazy. The one game I went to was the, the day of COVID, like. Mm, yeah, that's that's crazy. Sweet. God, nice man that one. But yeah, it's like having not played in front of a full crowd for a year, going into having played the majority of your games in an empty arena, and then going to six thousand jazz fans, especially in the playoffs. That is gonna yeah. feel like sixty thousand. That is gonna feel so much more, and that could really throw some teams off. I feel like I'm a little bit more on the. I'm with you. I think they're in between. I'm a little bit more on the jazz are for real, just because, mm-hmm. like you said, the way they boot move the ball is so good. And it's very kind of uh, reminiscent of that Hawks-style offense where everyone touches it, they switch it around. But as you said, what smacks it is they don't need to move the ball that much because Donovan can, can score on almost anyone at his position. 
you got Joe Ingles might be the best pick and roll forward I've seen in the league. He runs so, that pick and roll so such a good so pool. well. Patience. He's he's one of those guys where he just he's not moving. He will never move quick, but it's just he controls that slow pace. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Crazy it's one of the ones where he goes so slowly that sometimes that's even harder to defend because you're anticipating yeah. him to just drive. And it seems like whether he decides to shoot or pass or hit the roll, like he makes the right decision almost every time. Yeah, and he is he's been fun to watch. Yeah, man. Like I said, I do worry about Mitchell going up against bigger guys in the playoffs. And you know, kind of if they stop Mitchell, can they stop everyone else? But Man, I keep thinking the Jazz are going to fall off. They had lost to the Pelicans last night, but I still I still like the Jazz to carry this one seed to the playoffs. Uh, quick question. How much uh, praise do you think Shaquille O'Neal deserves for this Utah Jazz performance? Oh, <laughs> uh, Shaq. <laughs> Shaq be bringing the best out of everyone on that team, man. His hands uh, is this, It's funny how the, the, obviously the Mitchell thing, but the Gobert one was so random. <laughs> it's not needed. He, was, he, he didn't even say anything to me. <laughs> Nothing happened. He just... <laughs> He just started abusing him on Instagram. Jerkin no Shaq reason. just wakes up sometime and just he just wakes up mad and he's like, you know what, I'm just gonna pick an NBA player to go out today. Yeah. He just he looks like he's like rings or something. Or he, he watches like a video of him like dunking on everyone back in like two thousand like, yeah. <laughs> I think he I think that. he I think Shaq seriously worries about his legacy and if people remember him and like being relevant, yeah, which is, is yeah, crazy yeah, to yeah. me. Yeah. I have you seen that thing where um they did like a quiz on like first names in league or something? Yes, I, like, yeah, on TNT, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, TNT. That was right. Nothing's ever going to beat uh, who he played for. Who he played for is my favourite game of all time. But... <laughs> and it's fun because I know I would suck at that game. And if we ever did that on the show, I would get exposed. But that could be an idea. It's just funny. They do it like every year. Like every Shaq's, year. Well, I've always caught this. Their Shaq one's going to be like, that's going to be a running theme for the next like five years now. Oh, for sure, man. But yeah, man, I don't know, man. Just Shaq. I just I want to know it's like Shaq where's the hate coming from man like, yeah it's like I don't, he's, he's insecure for some reason I don't know like, why, he like, is the most insecure superstar of all like time. you legit you're you're done like you're career, you're, you're good you're and that's okay more. you got your four rings that's okay four rings MVP like yeah you know you did it all okay that's cool just just be happy with that you know I hope yeah, we never get to the point what... where we're just here like just trash talking new podcasts that are up and coming yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's just weird, man. I yeah, don't know man. I ain't, I ain't got it in me like that. I hate it like that. But you know what, Shaq? It's got the Jazz at the best record in the West, so maybe he's doing something right. Yeah. They probably like replay it every day. Just like... In the they probably room, have it yeah. on their wall or something like that. I mean, you know, it has worked because now Dwight's gone on to get a ring with the Lakers. Mm, JaVale's yeah. gone on to be a multi-time champion and a good good player. Yeah. You know, it has worked for some guys, so maybe maybe Shaq has a plan. Maybe Shaq this is all for show and he's just trying to get the best out of guys, but Hopefully he says it to like Pat Please hit up Jason Tatum, please. Please come <laughs> to my guys. Come out and publicly oh just send for these men. Um yeah, so going from the best team potentially in the league now to talk about the best player in the league. Uh we did some MVP predictions earlier in the year. Might yeah. looking too hot. As I've said before, my, if you uh, ever want to bet uh, on the league, just listen to what I say and then bet on the opposite <laughs> of that. <laughs> But yeah, man, uh, MVP at this point. Who are you liking for MVP? Who's who stood out to you? Um, I mean, this race, the MVP race has been has been pretty kind of wild, been a bit random. Uh, to me, I've got I've got Joel Embiid as my my current favorite for the MVP. Um, first in the East with the Sixers, uh, the efficiency, career high, <clears throat> career high in field goal percentage, career high in three point percentage. He just looked dominant, career high in points, I believe as well. He's just dominant. been. 
he's been so dominant. It, it feels like it's something that Doc said is basically just dominant. You know, Doc, Doc's always been a guy that has been a good motivator of guys um, in, in the teams that he's played for. So, no doubt about it, it's probably that mentality that Joel now has. Obviously, Simmons has it as well, where they just want to attack. And um, it, it's, it's been well for the Sixers because they're currently first, you know, whether or not they'll be at a position by the end of the season. But, yeah, jo- Joel's current favourite. Definitely, I have to agree. I have to agree. I think that him and Jokic, the two big men, have been by far the two standout MVP frontrunners for me. They've been the best players on their team. They've led their team to much better records than they would have without them, of course, and really impressed me. Um, I think with Joel, here's the thing: is like it sounds so obvious. Like, bro, you're seven two. You know, you weigh however much. You're so strong. You're athletic. You can shoot. Of course, you're going to take over. But you have to have a certain kind of mentality to know that and remember that and have. Like, it's a lot of energy to take the ball and score every play or to drive in every play and to dominate every play. And I think this is something that he has really developed. He understands exactly who he is and exactly mm. what he needs to do. And I, I'm so impressed with him. I mean, he's been like a, not a running joke, but there's been many comments over Embiid in previous years about him, you know, being not serious enough, him eating hamburgers before games, you know. And doing Shaq. This... <laughs> well, Shaq's going to take credit for that. If Embiid wins MVP, Shaq takes credit. You know, this, this accidentally worked into a beautiful Doc Rivers as a, you, as you spoke a little noise yeah yeah just a little bit um, I think it's clear that he's he's an upgrade over Brett Brown their, their old coach you know he's more experienced you know he has that like I said he has that experience of getting guys to play at their best uh, Joel obviously like you said before the mentality he's just uh, been a completely different player and also with Ben I mean Ben it seems as if those guys are, are gaining a bit more chemistry you know um, there was always the, the trade talks with, with Harden and Potentially him going to Philly and Ben going to Houston, but it's crazy now. I think that if that had happened, how different things would have been. But yeah, but um, it, it seems as if you know Embiid probably was was a guy who said, you know, hey, I, I want to play with Simmons. I still want to play with Ben. I feel like we can do something special here with a new coach, with a couple of guys, new guys around us. So it's worked out so far for them, and it'll be pretty weird to see a a big man with an MVP. It's, it's the last, uh, it's the center. The last time was what I think Shaq. Shaq, yeah, was it 2000, 2001? Yeah, 2000. His last yeah. one to get. Pretty weird. I mean, that power forwards, but... Yeah, that trophy's going to look small, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that. But, um, yeah, I think definitely. Jokic, I'm going to give a shout to Jokic because he's been, he's yeah, been on ridiculous numbers. But like you said, Joel has been on another level. Yeah, his team stinks. Also, Joel, defensively, just elite, yeah. elite. And Ben yeah. Simmons may be the best defender in the NBA right now. He has been so that fun he's, to watch. He's one of the few guys who gives 100% on the defense every night. Like, every pos- every possession, even. he's so, so, so in tune defensively. It's Definitely. crazy to watch. The guy just weighs you down. And I'm, I'm, I wears you down, sorry. And I think that's what's so, what I'm so happy to see now is because he's kind of accepted, yo, I ain't got a shot. I ain't going to try and shoot. But to make up for it, you know, some guys have shortcomings and they don't make up for it. He knows that yeah. he has a shortcoming up part of his game. So he said, I'm going to be the hardest working point guard in the game. And he has been great. Um, and an all-star again. So shout out to him, man. Yeah. Big shout outs there. Um, all-star teams. 
you know, there wasn't going to be an all-star game. Now there is an all-star break. You know, it's all over the place. You know, shout out to the guys for still getting um for still getting their uh, their selections. You know, much deserved. Um, hasn't been too much talk around the all-star game. I I felt the all the all-star selections this year, and for me personally, I feel like that's because this is the first time in my time covering the league where I think they did everything right. I have not got a single issue with anyone who was selected or not selected. Uh, but what about yourself, man? What do you think of these teams? Um, yeah, mostly the same for me. I think the the West, I think they got the West pretty much on spot. You know, there were people debating um, CP in and, and David Booker. Uh, I personally would have gone CP. I feel like he's the, the engine of that Suns team. You know, Booker is the, he's the, he's probably going to be the closer and he's the, the best scorer and the number one option. But I think CP is the guy that gets that team run. You know, we saw in OKC last year, he got that, he got them playing a completely different brand of basketball. He got them playing so efficiently we saw in Phoenix this year I mean they don't even really run as much now like that, that team's going to run on CP they play a lot more slower um, lot, lot more adjusted to playoff basketball so yeah I thought the right decision was made with CP but yeah the West the West was pretty much what I expected exactly. the East one was was the one which a lot of people said was going to be a lot of snubs um, I think the East the is always was... a fun one because the East is a lot like the teams in the East where you know it can be very much not it's not undeserved, but it's very much like you see names that maybe you're not expected to see, and that's because the caliber of teams out east is just not what it what it is. But looking at yeah. so we've got starters in the east, we got Kuzianis, KD, who's going to be injured. Uh, Bradley mm-hmm. Beal, they did. I like that they did Bradley Beal right. He missed out last yeah. year. He was a clear snub, and they said, "Boom, starting this year." It's just weird how they like. What was the point of missed? What's the point of snubbing him last year? It's like there's no way a guy can go from a non all star to a starter this year. That he was the records were pretty much the same. I think his numbers were. Probably even better last year, but I don't know. It was just weird how they snubbed him last year. Yeah, very weird. Really? Um, I don't know. Kyrie stole his way into an all-star. all-star. <laughs> Ridiculous. The man took a holiday in the middle of the season. He's all-star starter. Ridiculous. That's a good one to heart, in my opinion. I thought that should have been hard. Harden and Bill. I think so. I think because just because Harden changed that, that team were fine before, but he's the one that's made them uh, take it to another level. You know, he's been great, really bringing that team together. Uh, shout out my guy Jalen with his first All Star appearance. Yeah. Zach Levine got in there. Julius Randle, I would have, I would have even considered having him starting. Julius Randle has been so damn good. That Knicks team has been really, really good for Randle. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. Also, obviously, you talk about when KD got in. You mean? Yes. Yeah, they put in, they put in Tatum, right? Yeah, uh, yeah he's right. Tatum's starting now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, I would have thought they could have put some consideration. Sabonis, yeah, Sabonis got some. Um, he's, he's, got, he's got a place in the reserves, which I was, I'm so glad because he would have been the one person I think would have missed out because he, he was MVP contender at the start of the season. He's been great. He deserves mm-hmm. to be in there. But yeah, definitely going back to Julius. Whoever thought Julius Randle would lead the team? I know, yeah. Because he was, <laughs> the narrative around him in the Lakers was, you know, a good rebounder, good scorer, but you know, doesn't play defense, doesn't play for it, doesn't play for his teammates. Maybe not always in the best shape. Yeah, now it's. I mean, he's playing better defense. He's playing on the coach Tibbs. I mean, he's. You know, we all know about Tibbs and, and defense <laughs> and how much he's gonna drill that into guys. You have to play off um, coach Tibbs. Yeah, he's improved his jump shot a hell of a lot more. His mid range has been great. His three point has been great. He's always been great around the rim. So, I mean, yeah, Knicks getting an all star. First time since what, Porzingis, I think? I believe so. Yeah, definitely. Porzingis Mellow time, yeah. Very happy yeah. for him. He, he deserves it, you know. I'm glad they, they, they got that right. But even Zach Levine's playing great. He yeah, got in really, there. Really um, D-Book got on there, of course. I like it. Obviously, it's a shame to have injuries. But I think when mm. they, you have an injury in each conference, it really does just cover everything. It's like, hey, cool. We can get that extra guy in who should have been in. Do you know? Mm, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, there's, there's, even, there's even still some guys out east. I mean, there was the Trey Young talk and uh, Bam didn't get in. Definitely. Bam probably have been next up if someone else gets injured. It was definitely, yeah, it was definitely Bam or Sabonis. And I think they went Sabonis. I'm not mad at it. Of course, if they put Bam in, I could have understood it. Yeah. But, um, you know, a little bit of finals hangover from the heat. You know, after a team goes to the finals, I think you definitely expect more from them. And that's definitely gone against their individual players trying to get all-star selections. But I'm still excited, man. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. It's gonna be a good old, um, good old event, you know. I think it's weird because, like, I like that they got it right, but also it's fun to have stuff to argue and debate about. Yeah, <laughs> you could always argue. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know who does doing the dunk contest and stuff like that. I mean, the three point uh, contest. I've heard like rumors and stuff. I don't even. I haven't even paid attention to it. At this point, I'd be happy for them to switch out the dunk contest for like a game of horse. Yeah, game of horse would be good. Or even they horse dunks. 10 years ago, horse dunks. Horse dunks. There, there you go. It could be a, any kind of dunk. Got a match. That could be fun. Yeah, they did horse a couple of years, but oh, no, a long time ago, sorry. Yeah, it was like Good 10, 9 15 or years ago, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Ago. When are we going to... I'm still praying we're going to get this one-on-one tournament All-Star Weekend, please. Oh, that's, oh I forgot what... That was, making, that was so much noise about that last year. I yeah. Much noise. And my only yeah. thing is, you're not allowed to play for an All-Star, so non-All-Stars come through. Big cash prize... I want Lou Williams hosting the event. He's <laughs> his hometown anyway, so exactly. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be fun, man. You know, I'm, that's my that's my Christmas my wish list. If I could have if I could have three wishes, yeah, one of them will be for a one on one tournament, and one of them will be for interconference seeding because the East is so whack. Yeah, terrible, terrible. It's time. It's, it's it, they should have done the bubble. There was there was a perfect reason to do it, and it should have carried on this and year. You was... bottled it. You bottled it, Silver. Yeah. You bottled it. But you know what? They've done a good job at other things, so I can't complain too much. Um, looking at changing things, because we're talking about changing, uh, possibly changing the playoff seeding, here's one thing I want to get your thoughts on. Okay. Uh, this is going to sound ridiculous, yeah, and I might have had some, some, some you know, I don't know what I, was, what I was drinking this morning while I have breakfast, but I just had the, the, the thought of, should we do something about the fundamental rules of basketball? Do we need to do something to lessen the value of the three-pointer? Because... Basketball has changed and it's a great spectacle to watch and it's fun. But I feel like this, this three-pointer now is OP. It's crazy how, <laughs> how, how easy it is. Guys are shooting them like it's nothing. Every player on the team, it seems, can shoot threes. Um, you know, And the reason I bring this up is because, of course, many people have seen uh, Nuggets game recently. Last few seconds, they're down two. They have a four-on-one fast break. Four-on-one. No one fills the lane. And they take a three and miss. And they could have tied the game with a layup or dunk. Three different guys could have tied the game with a layup or dunk. And no one went for it. And that just had me, as a basketball purist, just... I was shaking, I was shaking. <laughs> what do you think about the three-pointer and how valuable it's become? And do you think that anything could be done? Or do you think anything needs to be done? Am I tripping? You tell me, man. Um, Man, I mean, it's, I mean looking back at that Nuggets game, I'm just... If MPJ just cuts, just cut to him. Just that it's an alley oop or it's just a bounce pass, whatever. And it's MPJ overtime guaranteed. The game. Yeah, it's. But I mean, there, there's also there's always been that over reliance on kind of the three pointer, which I mean obviously makes sense. You know, it's it's a better shot than taking a long mid range, for example. But um, yeah, it seems like a lot of teams over relying on it. You know, um, obviously we saw what Houston did three years ago with the. Uh, 27 missed threes in a row mm. and just, you know live by the free die by the free all of that stuff but um, 
I mean, I'm just interested to see what what's going to happen in like five, ten years. Because, you know, teams are steadily taking more threes. I think teams shoot about like 35 to 40 threes a night now. I don't know what's going to happen in 10 years' time. Is it going to go to 50? Is it going to get to 60? I mean, who knows what's going to happen, but... It's crazy um, because, like you said, I don't crazy. see anything that's going to make it decrease. If anything, it's going to continue to go up. And yeah. I think it's so it's so good because... Not good, but so it's so popular because you can teach three-point shooting from, you know, any age. As soon as yeah. you have power to get a three up to the rim, you know, you can do that. Whereas not everyone can dunk, not everyone has amazing athleticism, but everyone can shoot threes. And... I think part of it as well, like for me, the reason, another reason I bring this up is I've managed to find a court that's open. I'm going to keep the location low key because, you know, <laughs> technically that's breaking the law, hooping right now. But the three point line is short, but I'm still stepping right to the line because there's something mental where you see a line, you just want to get just behind it and shoot a three. And there's something so kind of fun. And I guess where you've seen it so much on TV now and seeing games, there's just something special about shooting threes. And I don't know if it's going to get to the point where the league is exclusively threes and dunks and layups because there aren't many guys who are real mid-range craftsmen anymore. Jalen Brown is shooting a great percentage. You look at guys like Demar Derozan who has made his career from there. But um, I just wonder where it's going to go. And it, it, like of these things, what do you think? I'm going to throw out some ideas. Just hit me with like a yes/no if you think this is ever possible. Um, extending the three-point line. How, like, how, are we talking like in like five, ten years or something? Like five, ten years, not like this year. Like in five, do you think in future okay, yeah. that could be something we do? Maybe extend the, maybe put like a, a yard back, put a foot back. Yes. Okay. Um. Add a four point shot. No. Okay. Um. Like, I would hand. like to see it. I would it like would be fun. It. Yeah. Like a little no, circle, no, just by half court, by logo. Oh, there will be so many people there. <laughs> <laughs> Especially late games, guys are just going to be like, oh. down four. That's fine. Just gonna that could ruin the game more. They can make it better. Um, reintroduce of hand checking. No, because the NBA likes offense. They like to have fluent, high-scoring games. Yeah. Okay. I'm just interested because I, as I was watching, of course, I was, I've been rewatching the Last Dance, and I'm watching. I'm like, do you know, hand checking would really it wouldn't completely counter the three-point shot. But it would counter the dribble pull up, you know. Guys are gonna, it'd be a lot harder for guys to just come down and jack up threes. And that's what I hate. Like, I know I'm sound like an old man who's like, oh, stop shooting from so far away. If you wanna do a Utah Jazz and ping it around the perimeter and hit a three, mm. I'll watch that all day long. But it's something about seeing guys just walk down and just hit or miss a three and then run back in a seven seconds or less style. The that's the Terrence just... Ross. The, the, the Terrence <laughs> Ross, Devontae Graham. Yeah, man. It's just not exciting to watch. I don't know, man. It's just not. Maybe it's for other people, and I could be wrong. But that's just something I wanted to. I wanted to talk about because I feel like this game is. It's obviously changing, but it's changing so quickly now, and that's something I've noticed. But hey, maybe it's not a bad thing, you know. Basketball is basketball. It's still going to be fun. But I yeah. feel like I think we are missing out on a, on some some highlight dunks and some some post game. We're missing out on a couple other things because the three pointer has become so successful. Shout out, Jefferson, for the post-ups. Shout out, man. Big shout out. But yeah, that's me. I'm still going to go to the court later today and I'm still going to shoot up threes and act like I'm Steph Curry. So <laughs> I'm no mid-ranges. I am. No mid-ranges. Come on now. Shoot them uh. on 2-4. <laughs> I'm, I'm the biggest hypocrite, man. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. But yeah, man. Um, I'm going to wish you luck in the Hoop Dreams the Hoop Dreams Classic. Wish you luck too, man. So hopefully you can tie up. Hope, hopefully you can tie hopefully. up. Cause... You know what? The, these games have been very good ever since we started the podcast. And I, be, yeah. I'll be honest, I can't remember one Celtics Clippers game of note before we made this podcast. 
<laughs> Honestly, I actually can. The the season before we started it, it was in Boston and we were down like thirty points in this in like the second, third quarter and we won. Come back I, hate, I hate that I brought this up. Because <laughs> now you mention it, I do kinda of remember and I'm gonna go straight onto YouTube after and rewatch these highlights and make myself mad. But you know what? I was like Landry Landry, Landry Shamit's debut and he got like four or five threes. Yeah, I remember that game. God, I, remember I, love, that game. I love Landry Shamit. Oh, what a guy. Damn, okay, I'm tripping it, but cool. Hopefully, um, hopefully we don't get a repeat of that this week. Even way, yeah. I'm excited to see it. But definitely, guys, uh, once again, our apologies for leaving it so long between pods, of course. Um, we've been just busy with a lot of stuff going on, each of us. You know, lockdown's been, been a bit difficult to get, get episodes out and that. But we are going to commit to having some new episodes coming to you soon, a lot of new stuff to talk about. And we're excited to give it to you, man. Yeah, man, we're excited for it. NBA content coming soon there's a lot of all-star stuff when we're talking about the game and about obviously there's the, the the rules that they're keeping from next week from last season so um yeah man excited excited a lot of stuff talk and the way the way the league's going the way the way time is moving right now i feel like the playoffs are like two weeks away like whether where they are or not like i just feel like time is going so quick they're going to be on us before we know it and we're going to have a lot of content coming there and what i tell people is if you've been kind of half into the nba i know there's a lot of games especially it's being cramped this is the time really now to get on it because if you think the season has made no sense and has been crazy, just wait till we get to the playoffs because if you're going to get ever have upsets, it's going to be this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure, 100%. And it's going to be exciting, man. I have no idea where it's going to go, but I'm excited to be on this journey. I'm excited to have my brother Chikuni with me on this journey and we are excited to share it with you. So thank you guys again for joining us. Episode 29, episode 30 special coming next. Make sure you tune in for that one. Hit us on Twitter as always and... I'm going to let you round off Chikudi sign off the show appreciate it guys uh, thank you guys for staying with us as Joe said episode 30 special one coming soon and see you later peace see you later